Welcome to the Reticle Up Podcast, where I, Three Gun Kenzie, will be interviewing competitive shooters, hunters, fishermen, archers, entrepreneurs, and outdoorsmen. Come learn with me as I interview people from all walks of life, in different disciplines, all across the world, from novices to professionals of all ages. No matter what, everyone has something they can teach you. So come join me on the journey. The Reticle Up podcast is produced in partnership with AmericanFirearms.org. American Firearms' mission is to recommend what works. We believe everyone deserves access to unbiased, helpful information about firearms. And our buying guides, product reviews, and learning resources are designed to help real people find the stuff that will work best for them. Check us out at www.americanfirearms.org. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Red Club podcast. It's been a minute. I'm re-recording some new episodes. Very excited about that. So today I have my buddy Andy Grossman on. He's a fellow writer of mine. We went on a hunting trip recently, so we'll talk about that today. He's also the founder of QQ Nation, uh, content creator, all the things. So Andy, thank you for coming on finally. We've talked about this ah. for too long. <laughs> It's been a while. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Heck yeah. So for, for most people that don't know your background, uh, and we'll dive deep here in a second, but is there anything I missed that you do that I don't know? <laughs> um, I don't think you got, you pretty much covered it. I mean, I'm, I'm a firearms instructor and um, kind of um, all around just gun dude. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> So, I don't know how this happened, but it happened. It happened. <laughs> well, let's dive into that. Yeah. So for most people, we we kind of talked offline about this, but you know, with industry stuff, you and I kind of are, I would say almost not accidentally here, but we didn't intentionally grow up in this industry and nope. plan to be in it. So what is your story? And I want the long version. I don't want the short version. How'd you get here? <laughs> All right. So my story is, and we we kind of touched this a little bit, but my story is different than most people would think, I guess. And that's kind of why um, I guess I like telling it because it's, most people think that like getting into this industry and doing anything with firearms, like you grew up with it. And that's not always the case. And that's definitely not the case with me. So I actually, I grew up in a house that wasn't anti-gun, but it was definitely not gun friendly. Like my dad wanted nothing to do with guns. He didn't, he didn't know anything about guns. Um, my mom could care less either way, but, um, my dad was like, Nope, you will absolutely not have a gun in my house. There's no way, blah, blah, blah. You know, he kept, he just was not into guns. We fished and we did all that kind of stuff. It wasn't like we were anti outdoor. Mm -hmm. Um, but he just wasn't a gun guy. So, I grew up, I got, when I was like 18, 19 years old, um, I started, well, I've, I owned my own businesses since I was like 13. So um, I kind of jumped from like business to business. And then eventually I got to the point where I could drive, obviously. And um, I started a, or I actually bought a territory in a bread route. So you deliver bread literally out of a truck. I didn't even know how bread got to a store <laughs> until I got into that um, industry and I got robbed at gunpoint um, down in Detroit. I had a route in like the worst area you could be in. I got robbed at gunpoint and I was like, that sucked. I'm not letting that happen. Uh, I was like 20 at the time, something like that. I think I was about 20. Um, <clears throat> and I was like, that's not happening again. That was a bad feeling. I didn't like it. <laughs> I was like, no way to defend myself. I had a pocket knife and I was like, oh, that's not going to do much against gun, right? Um, so 
I got to the point where I was like, I need to learn more about this and need to start carrying a gun. So that's how this whole thing started was literally I wanted to buy my first gun and be able to legally carry in Michigan. And uh, that evolved into me being me and going to gun shops, knowing nothing about guns and being belittled nonstop at gun shops. Like, oh, you don't know anything. Ha ha. Like, this is the gun you should get. This is the gun you should get. And like, no, I didn't want that gun. Like, there a lot of research. I had a lot of friends that shot and stuff. Um, and I had shot my friend's car, uh, PM9. That was like, he loved the cars. He, he loved them. And, um, I shot his gun. I loved it. I shot well with it. And that's what I wanted. I wanted a PM nine. It was small. I mean, this is, I'm 39 now. So this is a long time ago. Um, and there weren't really a lot of like super small compact guns that were easy to carry and conceal on the market. So car had the PM nine. I wanted it. Every gun shop I went into was no cars, garbage. You don't want car. You don't want that gun. That gun's junk. I'm like, no, I do. I want the gun. Like, that's what I really want. So yeah, pretty much gun shops pissed me off. <laughs> and me being the, me and the entrepreneur mindset that I have, I decided that it was time to um, pretty much go get my own FFL. What? And I just like totally. Zero like, to 100. I'm, I'm going 100% into this. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I'm getting an FFL. And I'm not dealing with gun shops anymore. I'm not had dealing moved, with stupidity anymore. Had you moved to all of your family's house though? I was still living at my parents' house. All and my dad was still, and my dad was still like, you will not have a gun in this house. Like, <laughs> even after I got robbed at gunpoint, everything else, and I'm like, all right, that's fine. Uh, so I'll move out. So I moved out. <laughs> Bought a house, did all that. And um, yeah, so I ended up once I got my house, I ended up looking into getting the FFL. And um, went through all the hassle and paperwork and everything else. It was a royal pain in the ass, honestly. Yeah. Got my FFL with the intent on opening a gun shop. Because I'm just going like, this is how I operate. I just go like zero to 100. It doesn't matter. I'm going all in on whatever I'm into. So um, looked into that. Never ended up opening the gun shop. Uh, and I kind of just let the FFL sit idle. Like I did get my car PM nine though. So, <laughs> um, but I kind of let the FFL just go idle. I kept paying for it every year. I do like transfers for friends and stuff like that and never really did a whole lot with it. Um, and then I don't know if I'm jumping too far ahead here, but I'm getting into how I got into the industry here. So, <laughs> um, a couple of years, about six years back, uh, the editor-in-chief of Athlon Outdoors, which you know, uh, moved into Highland, Michigan, of all places, is where I live. And he looked up FFLs in the area because clearly the editor-in-chief of a firearms publication needs to um, transfer guns. <laughs> Found me, and one thing led to another, and I started this is where I'm at now. I started writing for the magazines and <laughs> getting into it. I was a photographer already. So it worked out good because I could do all my own photos for, for my articles and everything else. And it's, yeah, it's been but, a journey. <laughs> but, okay. How does someone keep themselves alive with money? So like, how did you, what jobs did you have in between of <laughs> bread runner? So much. Amazing. It was ridiculous. Like, I have jumped around. <laughs> I have jumped around to so many jobs in my 
39. Well, I'm almost 39. I'm 38 still. But in my 38 and a half and three quarter years on this planet, I've jumped around everywhere. So um, let's see. I I, <laughs> I used to own a lawn service. When I was 13, I started that. I sold it when I was 16. I started detailing cars and boats and um, did really, really well detailing cars and boats. Uh, then there was the good old recession and nobody was getting stuff detailed anymore because they were doing it themselves to save money. So that business kind of went away. Uh, and that's how I ended up getting into the bread business. <laughs> the bread business was actually a really good business um, oh, yeah. up until it wasn't. So yeah. another recession happened and people didn't buy premium bread and that's what we delivered. So gotcha. I had to find something else. And that was the the gun stuff kind of fell in my lap. Honestly, it fell in my lap at the right time. So I was running a, uh, the bread business kind of went away. I sold my routes and I was running a landscape company for my friend. I was managing it and I just, I hated it. I hated what I was doing. I didn't want to do it. And yeah. I just, it was a challenge and I liked that part of it, but it just wasn't what I wanted to do. And literally right around that time is when the, the, uh, firearm stuff happened. So that's when I got the call to like, Hey, do you want to write for a magazine? Which was really funny because I'm not a writer. <laughs> and even though I technically am a professional writer, I am not a writer. I tell everybody that I'm not a writer at all. Like I'm a photographer first and I just happen to be able to put words together on paper and it somewhat makes sense. <laughs> uh, now um, for, for the writing stuff, it's kind of interesting how people fall into those things. Like you said, I, I didn't go to school for writing. I'm not a journalist. That was not kind of something I, f I fell into that. And it's just, it's addictive. I really enjoy it. Um, you know, for, for someone to seek you out, like, do you remember your very first article that you wrote? And do you remember how long it took you to write that very first oh, article? Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> so my first article was about concealed carry and it was the the other stuff of concealed carry, the things that people don't think about, like, you know, buying bigger clothes and mm -hmm. how to be comfortable and how to do it properly and holsters and that kind of stuff. And it was just kind of an all purpose article on like what to expect for your first times carrying. Like it went into the emotions that went into it, everything. Yeah. And um, it honestly, that article took me. Holy cow. That article took me probably about a month to actually complete because I was so critical. Like I'm a perfectionist. So like I, that's why I'm decent at photography because everything has to be perfect. Yeah. Um, but I, I literally took that article to like everybody I knew and everybody gave me different critiques and it eventually got to the point where I just said, you know what, I'm not listening to anybody because everybody's critiques were not what I was trying to write about. And I was like, I appreciate everybody's input, but it's becoming more confusing. And I just would, I just went rogue and just sent it. And it was probably the worst article I've ever written, but it worked. It got published <laughs> and it started, it literally started this path. So it's <laughs> a good thing. I mean, enough, I guess. <laughs> for people listening, a month is not um, sustainable. If, if so you had to excel. Yeah. You know, do you remember like, I mean, cause I, I know my first articles, I even know now when I'm like writing about something that I'm really not passionate about, like it's really hard to put words it's on really paper. Really hard. Yep. Yeah. Um, so for you, like, do you remember that 
when you finally hit a momentum or a groove to really keep going full force at it? Or were you excited now that, you know, writing is easier, I would say, in a way? Do you remember, like, when you hit that stride? Uh, it's like, I'm kind of like you, like where if it's not something I'm really that interested in, I can't, I have so much trouble writing about it. Like, like if I get like a a small product that I'm just like, what do you, it's like a whole, like holsters are the perfect example. I'm not going to name the company that I do, I I write for, but they, they love to give me these little holster articles and like, Oh, write about this holster. And like, I just can't get that excited about a holster. Like, it's just like the holster's a holster, right? I mean, if it works better than another holster, cool, but it's really hard to write about that kind of stuff. So like, if it's something that is really like my thing, it goes easy. It just flows off my tongue and it works. And it's just, it's just awesome. Um, I did an article. It was probably my, maybe my seventh or eighth article. Um, and that was the article that like, I learned how to write, like, (laughs) because it was about, it was called the gun, no, nothing, no, it alls. And it was, it was literally about my experience at the gun shops that got me into this industry. And we did kind of like a funny spoof of like the stereotype guys that you meet at a gun shop. And like we did a whole photo shoot about it. And that was my favorite article still to this day. That's my favorite article I've ever written. And that was the one that like made me realize that I just had to be me writing. Yeah. And if you either like it or you don't, it's, yeah. <laughs> this is what you get. Like right. it's not, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people don't like it and I don't care because it's what it is. So, <laughs> Oh my gosh. I think that we will dive into some of the negative stuff for sure. Cause I want to talk about that, but um, no, I had a compliment recently and I'm sure you can like agree with that feeling is someone messaged me after reading one of my articles, someone I don't really talk to that often, just an acquaintance. And he said, when I read your articles, I can literally hear your voice through the pages. Like, it's like you're talking to me yeah. in the room and it's sarcasm. Yep. It's funny. It's yep. yeah, that's who I am. <laughs> and I was like, you yeah. know what? That's a huge compliment that, you know, it's not forced. It's not faking. It's, it's really is me. So that was kind of fun to hear that. And that's yeah, hundred percent. Cause that honestly, that is, and <laughs> I don't, I don't talk bad about anybody in the industry. Like everybody has their own thing, you know, yeah. but like, I'm not, I'm not the technical guy. Like I've had some of the public or some of the editors like, Hey, we need you to do this technical, you know, more technical specs on the gun and this and that. I'm like, to me, I don't want to read that article. So yeah. like I'm writing the article that I would want to read that I would want to get the information from. And like, some people hate it. Some people are like, that's not the right way to do it. They need to give all the technical specs, but it is what it is. Like, I'm just not that guy. Like I'm the guy that is, I like to talk about, I like to talk in layman's terms and make it relatable to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Cause even if you're like the biggest gun person in the world, um, like, I mean, you shoot all the time, you could read one of my articles and you're going to understand what I'm saying, even if it's not technical. Yeah, where you're going to understand the technical stuff, but the person that's just starting off, oh yeah, they would get the technical side. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) and to me, that just turns people off. So I don't like. I hate doing that, but that's fair. Um, (laughs) For you, I mean, this is full time, night and day, hundred (laughs) percent. Holy cow! So you're pitching topics all the time, getting all the time. time. I do like I do other stuff too because my photography is my big business, honestly. So I do, um, and I'm trying to get into more of it uh, with the product photography. Um, 
I've been like, I've been shooting a lot of covers for Athlon Outdoors and stuff like that. And I'm trying to get into more of the product side of photography. Cause there's, I mean, there's a lot of companies out there that yeah. their websites just suck. That's yeah. <laughs> all there is to it. Like imagery is, is, is super important to sell yeah. product. And a lot of companies don't understand that because everybody, everybody has one of these and they think that like, yes, the camera's good on it, but it's not that good. Yeah. <laughs> like it's yeah, it's painful. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. The, have you ever tracked this? Cause I haven't, I, I do a bad job about this. Do you know how many editorial pieces, how many covers? Like, do you know? No, I, no idea. <laughs> um, covers, <laughs> covers. I could probably pull out. that number out a lot easier because I print, like I do like a big poster of every one of them and put yeah. it in my office at home. Oh. Um, but editorial, God, no, I have no idea. <laughs> I couldn't even begin to tell you. <laughs> oh, well, I want to I know that number one day. I got to sit down and even do my own. So if you figure yeah, that out, no, I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about our trip. So, guys, <laughs> so I went to this, I don't even know, I'd say Texas World Adventure excursion for myself this this summer, yeah. spring, whatever. So I decided to go to Texas for a couple weeks, and I'd reached out to my buddies at Cellmark. Um, so Kevin, who's a fellow writer, he works for site, or Cellmark, and to explain that, there's other companies underneath that. Sightmark's one of them, Pulsar Night Vision, Enforce. They have a lot of different companies and brands. Well, we went out to Texas, to the ranch, and our goal was to kill a pig, even though our goal was also to learn about their products, <laughs> because we're writers. <laughs> I think we totally annoyed them actually because I don't think they had any intent of us of us hunting. Like they were just like, we're going to show you night vision. And, oh, uh, <laughs> Kevin knew. Kevin knew. I talked for months about yeah. this pig. I'm, like, I'm, I'm hunting a pig. I'm hunting a pig, and it was yeah. funny because um, we were there for two nights. And the first night we kind of drove around, got to see a lot of thermal, which was really cool. Um, had you done that before? Never done that before. That was awesome. Same. That was same. actually really cool. It's really weird, um, mo- both having the binos and the monocular to understand like what light kind of does to your eyes when you're in the dark, obviously, but it's very distorting when you come out of it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Do you have a favorite optic that you look through that night? Uh, I actually, honestly, I love those binoculars. Mm-hmm. I love that set of binoculars, even though you're blind when you pull them off your eyes. But like, to me, the binocular is hard for me. Yeah. But I have, I also have, I had a lot of trauma to one of my eyes when I was a kid. So my one eye is like really, it's not the greatest. So it like the monocular is just tough for me, but okay, those binoculars are badass. Fair. <laughs> yeah. And they were like mm, nine grand, six grand, something. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. Just that's, that's a side point. Like that's. <laughs> it, it's really funny though. When we get there, um, we're going through all these optics, which are top notch optics and absolutely incredible. But like you see, you hear the price tag and like, I, I know me, I'm like, cool. If I break this. I am really going <laughs> to dig my head into a hole. <laughs> and then when we're passing them in the dark, we're like groping each other's hands. Be like, I got to pass this. Do you have it? You yeah. Have it? yeah. I don't know. It's, so, it's so funny to watch like the, the pulsar guys, you know, out there and they're just like, yeah, here, oh. throw it to you. And they're like, Oh my God. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah. So, um, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about like what we did day one, what we did day two. Um, and kind of like for you, you've been on probably more of those experiences than I have. Like for me, that was like, I think a second or third writer's trip ever. So I don't know okay. talk about that. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, that was, that one was different than any of them I've ever been on, honestly. Okay. So usually they, uh, I mean, you've been to a couple, so, you know, like you do the presentation and, 
they kind of wine and dine you and you know and you're like okay cool like whatever you might go to the range um and it's kind of funny because usually those events like the range is usually set up by people that don't really shoot it's yeah. usually their marketing companies and stuff and then you're like like me as a firearms instructor i'm always i'm always just cringing at the range because i'm like oh my god that steel's way too close to be shooting that at like yeah and uh it was nice to go to that one because obviously we're with shooters. We know like Kevin, especially Kevin's, you know, a good friend of mine as well. And that dude can shoot and he can hunt and <laughs> he knows his stuff. So um, that was pretty cool to do. Um, but yeah, like the, the thermal, like when we were driving around, other than me thinking I might die with you driving the cart, that's, <laughs> that's beyond the point, but <laughs> we signed waivers, folks. We signed waivers. We, we did. Nice we life did. Policy. <laughs> and the funny thing because, is, I didn't really ask to drive the four wheeler. I was telling them I'm driving the four wheeler. Yeah, you didn't really give them a choice because I was like, I drive those all the time. I just bought one, so I was like, I'm like, I'll drive, no big deal. And you're like, No, I'm getting in. Like, I was I like, have oh. one. I never get to play the toys. And then Evan, so our host, one of the hosts from somewhere, had a water bottle. He kept putting the water bottle in the driver's seat, and I would move it to the passenger seat. I'm like, cute, cute try, but you're not driving. <laughs> Every time. Uh, that is awesome. Uh, no, you did good, though, honestly. I only thought I was going to die, like, twice. So That's good. The 50-mile-per-hour one was cool. That was pretty cool. That's yeah. Cool. 50 um, when the deer ran out, almost ran out in front of us with a dead pig in the back. That was not cool, that was, though. I didn't drop that one. That one wasn't me. That was Kevin. Well, that one wasn't you, but. <laughs> um, but no, back to the, like, the first night was really cool. Like, I was, I wasn't sure what to expect. Because, I like, they, they're like, oh, we're going to take you out to the 7,000-acre ranch. And I'm just like, who has a 7,000-acre ranch, first of all? Like, it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> And then, like, I was really excited to shoot something with thermal. Like, I just wanted to shoot something. Like, I didn't care if it was a steel target that they heated up. Like, I don't care. I just wanted to shoot something through thermal in pitch black. Like, I just, to me, that is insane that that's humanly possible. You know what I mean? Like, yep. you see, like, I, I don't, well, you're younger than I am, but Predator, the movie Predator, like that's all I think about when I think thermal. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but that was cool. Like we both took the rabbits that day and some armadillos and stuff. And it was cool. Like it was fun. Um, and then I really wanted to shoot a pig in Texas. Like that was my goal. I told Kevin that was my goal. And he was kind of like, well, it's not really a hunting trip, but we'll see what we can do. And, <laughs> And that's when you and I were just like, wait, there's pigs at this one blind. Yeah, we're going. <laughs> I remember so. we came back. Um, let's see. We came back. Well, it's funny because we were talking about leaving the first time when we were going out. We saw so many deer on thermal. We saw, like you said, um, the rabbits and then the the armadillo. But yeah. on night two, um, so we actually sat in a hunting blind, which I found out those blinds, they're called tank blinds. They're amazing. You need to look they're them ridiculous. up. Bougie. Um, so the <laughs> Mark told me that his like kids will sleep in that blind. There'll be like three kids, him and his dad in that one blind, which I believe it. It is so I comfortable. Believe it. Yeah, yeah, it's carpeted, it's sprayed, it's got like four windows, it has a table that comes down. <laughs> Y'all, it's bougie, it has cup holders. Like, I can't even the tell blind you. was insane. It was insane. Insane. <laughs> what I learned later, because I don't I, I should have done more research or asked questions because I didn't know what he even asked, is we saw a lone pig by himself, so a lone boar, and what I found out later from them is that, like, if you see one, they're 
most likely it's by itself. Like it's not going to be with a pack or a group. Now the sows, they didn't tell us this is still later. Um, they'd seen on camera as a group every night around like seven 30 to eight 30 ish. Um, and in the same field with the two feeders we were at, they had come that day at five 30 and we'd gotten in the blind at like six 30. So <laughs> the group of those though are always like together. So just knowing that in, in future is like, they were surprised that we had waited as long as we did because we're not children, but we didn't want to share. We wanted our own. And we yeah. were like, oh, there'll be another one. They're like deer. They're always in groups. No, not not even close. We um, waited like 20-something minutes, too, which like minutes. is yeah. crazy waiting for to shoot something. Like <laughs> I just wanted to, but it worked out. Yeah. So yeah. for people people watching or listening to this, um, we put our videos up on to Facebook, on Instagram. You can watch them on either our, our social medias, but we actually could record. So if, if people don't know, like Pulsar Night Vision, you can actually record on the thermal. You can record your crosshairs. You can do picture-in-picture picture mode. You can do different um, like color temperatures. So you have rainbow, white hot, black hot. I mean, the settings for these are just absolutely phenomenal. And then you can record. So you don't, you kind of hear me counting down. I'm like, all right, Andy, count it down like three, two, one. And then we didn't discuss like rock, paper, scissors, shoot or rock, (laughs) paper, shoot. Like, (laughs) but on, on that camera, it, it, it's weird being the shooter. We know, we know shooters. So like, we know split seconds to us is a long time. So if you're in a shooting competition, two tenths of a second is forever to lose to, not necessarily lose to, but in this case, Andy fires first shot because he's counting down. So he knows when he's pulling the trigger and I'm like, Oh crap. <laughs> like, I guess I got to pull the trigger. We both headshotted this, this pig though. And in the video, it sounds like one unison it, shot. Yeah. It and literally it sounds like one. Yeah. And it wasn't. We talked about this after. It was like, it felt like an eternity. It literally like, I swear I shot. And then like a second and a half went by and then you pulled the trigger. And yeah. I was like, how is that like on video? They are legitimately the exact same time. Like yeah. the only thing I've had a couple of comments on the video, like did somebody hit the feeder? Because like you hear like a ting, but I honestly, I think what it is is both of the, our brass hitting the wall at the same yeah. time. Yep. And I think that's why you hear like, like it's so loud. Yep. I, it was crazy. I can't believe it was that close together. <laughs> I just realized I have your brass. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah, I, like, I just looked down because it's in this bag that I nice. pulled the in the blind. So I have that. I'll get that. Nice. nice. Um, yeah, so we, we shot this pig together, and then um, we borrowed, like, Kevin's guns and gear, obviously, because we, we didn't have our own. And I I feel more comfortable hunting, I will say this, when I'm familiar with a firearm, right? Like, you and I, we zero our, our own guns. Yeah. We know our ammo, our dope. Like, we just know. And this is my own fault, and this is my shot. Terrible. But my follow-up shot, so Andy freezes, right? So he sends a shot. He forgets he has like, you know, 20 rounds of ammo. There's more rounds. (laughs) And these guys are tough, y'all. So like it took off. And what's cool is you told me later, like you saw where the shot went because you can actually see like it hit the top of the animal's back and then hit the grass. And you can see that signature on the thermals as well. Um, And the hog had had a cut on the top of his back. But my follow up shot was too high because I forget distance and zero and all that stuff that I should have held lower. But in the moment, I'm like, this pig's moving. I got a follow-up shot and then it he wakes was Andy cruising up. too. <laughs> yeah. And then Andy wakes up and you dropped him, I think like leg shot still. It was, I think it came through I, back. Yeah, it was yeah, it was somewhere. I don't know. There was another shot in its chest-ish area, but I think that one broke its shoulder. I think yeah. when it came out, it hit its shoulder, and that's when it yeah. nose died. We were told to not let him run, and then we would have to drag stuff out of the woods. And so, like, our, my only thought process was send bullets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So, well, it was cool. Like you, you mentioned like your second shot mm-hmm. and I literally, I could not believe that. Like I watched it through my scope. I watched your round. Like I could see the round huh? and like the vapor trail, the heat off the trail, yep. which was just crazy to me. Yep. And I, I think right after we, the, like after the video stopped, we stopped laughing hysterically because we just, like, <laughs> it was our natural reaction. Um, I looked at you and I said, I'm like, I'm pretty sure your second shot went off its back. Yeah. And then we got out there, you could see the the trail through its back, like just high. And, uh, that was, that blew my mind though. Like that you could see that clear through thermal that I could see the actual round, like, and I knew exactly where you shot. That, that's, it's just nuts. I, I think they've cornered the market. I, I wouldn't want to look through any other thermal after playing with those, those optics and seeing that. I think it's phenomenal what they've created. Being able to video is so freaking cool. So we had your video and then we... Kevin didn't clear the memory, so we'll blame Kevin. But we had yeah. the handheld videoing kind of what was going on for both of yeah. us yeah. And the from the scope. So, yeah. Which we did pretty damn good setting up that handheld. Like, yes. that was you. That was <laughs> we should have taken a picture of how that was set up because it was not. I think I did. <laughs> did no, you really? Was, yeah, I mean, you was like in the. I know I did because it was in the wedge and I was yeah. like the table. I'll have to send that to you. Yeah. Um, so we go down there and. I've never seen a hog. I've never seen a pig. I've never been that close to one. The size I've, I've heard about their smell. I couldn't smell that whole entire week, but tell me about like what you're, what you were feeling coming down there and seeing that animal. So that thing I, I've been telling everybody, cause honestly, like I've, I don't hunt a lot. I've, I've hunt, I've just started hunting a couple of years ago. Um, I've shot a couple deer, shot rabbits, shot squirrels, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, um, like you, I know you shot your first deer. Was it this year? No, two, last, three years ago. Years ago? Okay. Three years ago was my first deer. Yeah. So when you, you, you'll know, like when you shoot a deer, you have that moment where you're like, I kind of have regret. You're like, oh, I just shot a deer. Like they're cute. They're like little, you know, nimble, helpless little, you know, <laughs> little animals. <laughs> but then you have that like, but I just fed my family and like, this was why I'm here, you know? Yep. When we shot that pig, I had this like, hell yeah, I hope another one walks out because I want to blow that thing's head off. Like, I don't, I don't know why, like, I just, just knowing that they're just garbage animals that just destroy land, like just made it such a good hunt. Like it was crazy. And then when we got down there to actually see the pig, it looked huge in the scopes. Like, I'm like, that is a big pig. I've never shot a pig. I've never even seen a pig out in the wild. Like I used to work on a farm, so I know what pigs look like, but, um, wild boar are a whole lot different than farm raised. That's for sure. And when we got up to that thing, like just walking out there, you could, I, I could smell it. Um, and once we got up to it, I was just like, I was blown away with how just big and, I guess dense that thing was. I think oh. you said it like it's almost like a, a freaking elephant. Yeah. Like the skin was just it, like its hide was so thick and just caked with mud and like yeah. it's just this nasty. They're just nasty animals. They yeah. really are. Like even like lifting that thing into the back of the side by side that was one of the hardest animals I've ever lifted. Like. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you, I know? Think, you know, looking back, I, I don't know weight as well. I don't know if it was two fifty. 300 i don't know it was it was summer yeah kevin said probably 225 to 250 ish at least and it was a big pig yeah (laughs) three of us to lift up um and and for yeah i did get a little bit of flack but i don't really care but so madison gothorn like 
I want to say two days ago, just posted his like picture with his boar. I think it was in Florida, but him and I know him and his buddy and they went out there and they killed one. And I was super excited because I saw his cutters on his and I'm like, dude, like that's awesome because they saved a pretty much a predator from their farm, destroying crops and animals yeah. and, and a lot. You know, when no. we killed this boar, I'm looking in its mouth. It had corn from the feeder in its mouth. It was yeah. absolutely disgusting. Um, and it dragged a lot of this, the crops they just planted, that whole entire place we were hunting had new fresh crops. Yeah. And so anyway, so I caught flack from somebody commenting on his where I was like, nice cutters, like good job. Like I was super excited because that was his first. And I'm like, this, I just did this. Like I get it. Like it was a cool yeah. feeling. Yeah. Um, just people just kind of railroaded me and him. And I get that because they don't understand the species, but um, there are a lot of predators and on that farm, like you, they have so much money invested in cattle that are leased on that land. They've got sheep, they've got, you know, yep. families to protect too. Um, Cause these animals can do a lot to people as well. Yeah. yeah pigs are no joke. That like that boar. Um, well, that's what like Kevin, when we learned about, you know, like we waited and they're like, you didn't need to wait. That thing, nothing was coming out with that thing around because it would attack everything that was there unless if it was breeding. Right. And obviously it wasn't breeding at that time. Um, but that is a hundred percent. Like, I mean, that thing, like they're no joke. Like, <laughs> I mean, I've watched a lot of videos and talked to a lot of predator hunters and like you, especially like a wounded pig, like if that thing is gets up like it's coming at you it's not right. going away from you so like they're right. they're no joke you know they're hard to kill i'm yeah. two bullets to the head guys and we two shot shots to the head within like two inches of each other i mean like we had to have scrambled that thing's brain <laughs> i mean sure. i could not believe once we figured out where we hit that it ran as far as it did i mean yeah. your shot was literally perfect like right below the ear exactly where it should be i was like what an inch and a half down from there but still, like, just, it's like how like <laughs> it was booking it y'all it took off to the right you see it kind of coming back at us like it was not going down so i don't think if andy had actually wounded it where it couldn't like you think spine tap or leg tap or something with these you know down animals like that's that's the thing and it was definitely dead from the get-go like it was dead oh, but yeah. It was not. oh yeah but yeah it was going into the woods for sure we would have had to had to been tracking that's for sure which so, they don't bleed that much which blew my mind like yeah there wasn't even that much blood. That's what right. I was like. How is this like? This is crazy. It's just a weird animal. It is a weird animal. Honestly, it's one of my. I'm I'm a hundred percent hooked. Like I am like, when am I? When do I get to hunt pigs again? Like, I know. I'm I just, the same way. I have to go shoot another pig. <laughs> I'm the same way. I'm excited. So that was a cool trip. Um, and that that stuff that like we we do get opportunities to that we don't take for granted. That was both again Andy and I's first time doing that. It's really hard to come by those kind of trips, and I had to go all the way and drive to Texas to make yeah. that happen. You know, Andy flew in <laughs> for forty eight hours. Like people. I don't think people realize like the amount of effort it takes to just do something like that. Yeah. And I think a lot of times too, like, you know, a lot of people are always, I always get the like, Oh yeah, real tough, you know, week of work. Like, like, yes, I get to go on a really cool trip and get to experience really cool things. But what people don't understand is like, we're there to do a job too. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's not like we just went on a hunt. Now we have to both create content for yeah. that that the products, the hunt, the, you know, the experience, whatever it is. Yep. And we have to create content. We have to sell it to publishers. <laughs> Otherwise these companies don't have us come out and do it. So like right. we have, you know, we have weeks of work afterwards for sure. that a lot of people just don't understand. And, you know, they think that we just shoot guns for a living and it's fun. Like <laughs> it is, it is fun, but <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. I think the, 
you know, yeah, I, I look back at Texas and, and I'll make up and recoup from riding like some of the expenses that I had, but I drove on my personal vehicle, like two 40 hour trips. And I drove in between yeah. six hours each time. I'm putting <laughs> 4,300 miles on it. And I came back. Yeah. Kind of gross, $2,300 in maintenance on my truck, but it needed yeah. it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a great life. Um, so we talked a little bit about that. Now, I do want to go into, like, Pew Pew Nation as a brand. Yeah. Um, you know, how did you come up with that name? And then what do you do in that realm? Like, I know we've talked about shirts before and swag, but, like, what is that? Tell me. So Pew Pew Nation was... <laughs> It went through a whole lot of names first <laughs> before I found something that stuck. And honestly, Pew Pew Nation um, became a brand uh, on, as a Instagram handle. <laughs> so it worked really well as an Instagram handle and people was very searchable and very easy to tag and stuff like that. So that's literally where the actual name <laughs> stuck from. Um, but what, what it is, is I honestly, it's, it's a lifestyle is more than anything. Like the company itself, obviously I do my photography and I do all that. And it's all ran through Pew Pew Nation. My training is all ran through Pew Pew, Pew Nation. Um, so I'm an NRA certified instructor in a ton of different um, disciplines and range safety officer and all that good stuff and do um, CPL classes out in Michigan, gun safety and youth shooting and all that good stuff. Um, but the the brand itself is really I I say it's unapologetically American is what what I am what I do and you've seen my stuff I mean I I'm the idiot with flamethrowers and <laughs> you know shooting one handed fifty cal's and ARs and you know whatever whatever I can do that's just like got America written all over it that's what I do so <laughs> um, and that's kind of what I've become known for and it's not like a you know, a lot of people are like, oh, it's a gimmick for the camera. No, just that's just me. Like, I'm just an idiot. Like, you've shot with me. You know how I am. So, uh, but <laughs> but the company itself really is is a place, and I, I like to use the word to really to, to piss off the liberals. <laughs> it's a safe space for um, all shooters and all gun enthusiasts. And it goes back to like my origins pretty much and how I started in firearms and how I was belittled and, you know, ask a question at a gun store or ask a question to somebody online is the biggest thing. You know, uh, the Internet has destroyed um, the it's it's made it's made a, a community of of tough guys pretty much that know everything. You know, the gun know nothing, know it all. So I love to say that term. And that was that article that I wrote. Um, because it's really what it is. It's these guys that like to play Call of Duty in their parents' basement, and they know everything about guns because they've purchased every upgrade there is on the game, you know, mm -hmm. and somehow that makes them a firearms, you know, master pretty much. But um, I got tired of that persona and that that mentality, and I created the, the company to kind of make an area for everybody to go to and ask questions and I started the right to bear arms Facebook group and that is sponsored by Pew Pew Nation and that is literally like we uh that's hundred percent me and my wife are the only ones that run that group and we weed out any issues like yeah. you have to answer the questions to get in. If you answer the questions cool you're in. If you belittle somebody in a comment that when they ask a question like I don't even argue with you you are literally immediately ejected from the group. Like you're not our people. We don't want you in the group like and it's just that trying to get rid of that that 
like tough guy mentality. And like, I mean, you probably experienced this like crazy as a female in the shooting. You industry. were there for that. You were there for that at that event. I can't like, name names. Hundred percent. Yes. Yes. Shit. Guys. You know how, you know how the safety works? Oh, guys, <laughs> I have to tell this. I have to tell this because just tell it. It is amazing. Oh my god! So there is a rifle put up on a tripod, pointed downrange in a safe direction. Okay. Mm. Oh my god! No magazine was in it. Bolt block to the rear. All of that. <laughs> I, when I look at a new gun, instead of just shoving a magazine in and going to town on the gun, I like to actually dry fire it, work the bolt, kind of check it out. And so for me, I'm like playing with this gun. I see. The safety lever, which is on the actual stock, there's a big S and a big F, okay? <laughs> and it was on F. And I'm like, perfect. Like, I don't have to worry about that. A gun being put on safe is neither safe nor unsafe either, okay? I barely have external safeties on my guns. On my 2011s, I even pin the grip safety. People probably hate that. But if it's pointed a safe direction, your finger's off the trigger. You're you're not shooting at something you're not willing to destroy. All of the things that are followed, okay? And I'm not <laughs> yep. even pulling the trigger until I'm ready to shoot. <laughs> Okay, so I go to put this magazine in, and I'm not even halfway through the magwell where I hear one of the few people there, um, older, whiter gentleman, uh, tell me, hey, you know that safety's on, that gun's going to be hot, right? And I was like, what? What's happening? Like, I couldn't <laughs> believe that that came out of his mouth when I, I let him use my gun. I didn't tell him anything about the gun. I'm not going to assume he does or doesn't know. And there's a thumb rest on this gun. It's an open pistol. And he puts his thumb underneath the safety for his grip, his strength, his strong hand. And then doesn't even use the thumb rest for his other hand. I was like, cool. He doesn't know how to shoot. I'm not going to make any comments on it or tell him anything at exactly. all. No. Zero. But <laughs> no. no, he had the audacity to tell me that. And I just turned around and I was like, dude, fully aware of that. My finger's not on the trigger. I'm not shooting anything yet. And, and I, I shoot guns for a living and I, I shoot 50,000 rounds a year. How many do you shoot? Like two here? Yeah. Yeah, that was the most he's ever shot, probably. <laughs> it's just so disrespectful. It, it I, is. I welcome help. Like, if I don't know something, teach me. Or, like, when I shot PRS last weekend or two weekends ago, I said to my friend, I said, treat me. And I said this up front, treat me like I'm three that I've never shot this before because I'm learning something new. You know, I'm yeah. not pretend like I know anything or everything or whatever, but I will tell you or ask you. Like, I'm not, I'm not too good to say when I need help. In this case, I did not need help. Yeah, <laughs> especially that kind of help. Like he had a couple other comments too that I was just like, "Oh my!" I thought you were gonna punch him. I was like, "I don't know what's gonna happen right I now." Like, this is this is amazing. I can't, Andy. <laughs> I can't <laughs> physically can't. But like that, but that right there, that is pupunation. That is what I've created. Like obviously, it, it like it's a place that you feel comfortable all the way to the person that's never handled a gun, never touched a gun. And I do a lot of women's training and stuff like that. And I, I get a lot of flack for it because people are like, oh, why do you, you know, like, why do you, you focus on women so much? And it's like, I focus on women because you guys are the, the honestly, you're the, the, you're the future of the industry. Like you're the future of firearms. Like, and you guys are the ones that really need the guns more than anybody. If in just a protection standpoint, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, Let's face it. Nobody's raping me. No, it's just not happening. I mean, like I've, I've, I've wished for it before. It doesn't happen. Like, it's, it's it's just, <laughs> it's, by a dude or by you know, I just keep going. You never know. It's just it's just been some bad nights. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I keep going we're gonna get some slack for that one hey, you, you invited me on here so 
<laughs> but like seriously, like it's it's just a matter of fact that like yeah. men are not going to be attacked at even close to as much as women are. Right. Women are are going to become victims a lot more than men. That's not a sexist thing. That's just a natural fact. Yeah. Like men are men are bigger, more, stronger, faster, and built differently. Bigger, stronger, faster, and more yeah. men commit crimes than women usually. Yeah. So. <laughs> they're yeah. going to commit those crimes against women who are smaller than them and they can become victims. So right. it's just a fact and that's just how it is. And that's, that's really what pupunation is about. And that's what, what I'm about. And then, you know, that evolved into a clothing brand and <laughs> everything else. And again, just un, uh, unapologetically American type of type of deal. So I teamed up with uh, freedom fatigues. It's a, a local company here and they're awesome family run business uh, the owner is a veteran himself, and he got out of the military and joined um, police and was struck by a car on duty and was unable to medically work anymore and was laid up on his couch like, what the hell am I going to do? This is what I've done my whole life is served my country, my community. And he was pretty much he saw, I won't mention the, the companies, but he was shopping for clothing and saw some of these American companies and was like, why are the, like, why are half their shirts not American made? Right. And he created a American made brand. So everything that freedom fatigues does is American made. Um, I shopped around for my apparel line. I was, I, I wanted American made everything. That was my, my big thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was the only company I could find. And they happened to be literally like right down the street from me. So awesome. <laughs> it worked out pretty good. So that is awesome. Well, cool. Yeah. Um, you know, okay, so we talked a little bit about the negativity stuff. I know like that's kind of what spurred you to start an FFL, which is kind of interesting. We talked about how I've been treated a little bit. Um, how do you deal with uh, we all deal with it differently. How do you deal with the negatives when it comes to comments or maybe feedback on if it's articles or just in life like in life, how do you take that and how do you channel it for positive? So, yeah, so there's a lot of negative, right? Like we know that. Everybody Everybody knows, like we've talked about it, everybody knows everything and, you know, you're always wrong no matter what. Um, honestly, it was hard at first, like having people um, pick apart like things that I said in articles or, you know, comment on a post or something like that. And the way I look at it now is honestly, like most of that hate is, and you probably get this too, is most of it's jealousy. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I look at it. And that's just kind of, even if it isn't jealousy, it's just one of those things that that's kind of how I look at it and convince myself of it. And I just let that stuff go. Um, I like to be the smart ass. And like, if somebody comments something, I, I kick Feel back with something very Feel smart. Ass. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and usually make them look like idiots, but um it's like, it's the classic, you know, like round shaming. I call it round shaming, you know, where like somebody's carrying a 380 and it's like, oh, you're not carrying a 45, then you're not carrying anything, you know? And it's, it's the classic, like, I'll ask, okay, well, can you, can you stand there so I can shoot you with a 380? Well, no. Well, why not? It's not a deadly round. You just said, you know what I mean? It's like that kind of persona. And it's, I don't know, it's that kind of stuff that just drives me nuts and yep. kind of. I like, I like to combat with that kind of stuff. So <laughs> it's still not easy. Like the first times that it happens, it's discouraging. And then you try to not take it personally. And like, again, you, you know that it comes from a place of it's always from someone doing lesser than you. And it's always someone envious of you. And it's never, yeah, yeah it's never really 
good to read into it any more than that, but it does happen. Um, and, and that's what I think too, even in our own industry. So like, I won't even say about trolls or people on the different political viewpoints, but then you, t- you talk about in our own industry, we kind of like eat each other alive. And I know I put a lot of thought and effort into making sure everything is perfect with its like the targets in the photos, making sure they're directly in front of the gun and not at a 180 or close to 180 or perceived yeah. 180 or making sure yeah. that there's no finger on the trigger unless a round's coming out or whatever it looks like yeah. to portray the, the firearm safety rules. And if not, you get heckled. Well, if people saw You're behind destroyed. the scenes, though, <laughs> of what it took for us to take photos, yeah, well, how do you think that this content comes to us? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's crazy. And it's a, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. As as far as the positive stuff, though, goes, like, um, can you remember some of the times that you've gotten messages, DMs, texts, whatever it looks like, or feedback um, from editors, especially, that's always a compliment, that has kept you going? Like, what are some of the things that have stuck with you? So, honestly, it's a lot, a lot of my customers, that's what, like, my my training side of Pew Pew Nation, um, that's what gets me motivated and keeps me going. Um, I get a lot of, I've had emails from people that, you know, that, that had to use a gun in self-defense that they were like, like the one that really sticks with me, the guy's actually a police officer now, which is really cool. Um, but he was not, and he had no intent to be an officer or anything. Uh, but he was in a road rage situation and uh guy cut him off in traffic, pretty much got out of the car, was banging on the hood of his car and stuff like that. And uh, the guy pulled a gun in front of his car and he literally sent me this email and that one's always stuck with me. This was years ago, but uh, that he heard my voice <laughs> in his head and went back to like class and training and, and what he did with me. And that's what got him through the situation. It was, he was able to like break his fear, pull his gun. And at least that's all he had to do. He didn't have to shoot the guy or anything, but um he literally sent this email, this big long email that like me and my my partners, my old partner passed away, unfortunately, but um, that we got him through that situation. And that's the kind of stuff that like, I still get that today, you know, that from writing and articles and yeah. things like that, that's the kind of stuff that really like gets me motivated. And like, I'm, I'm sure you go through this too, where you're just like, holy cow, like I'm putting in all this work and there's no reward. Like yeah. I might get a paycheck. That's cool. But like, I want more, you know? And then you'll get that message from somebody and you're like, hell yeah, like I'm doing something right, you know? And that's what, that's honestly like the big thing that keeps me going is that kind of stuff. Or when a company calls um, that saw a picture that I took in the magazine, they're like, hey, can we get you to take pictures for us? Or can we use that picture? Like yeah. um, Rise Armament was the one, uh, they just emailed me a couple, couple, about a week ago, actually. And we're like, hey, you took this picture in one of the Athlon publications. Can we use this in an advertisement? I'm like, hell yeah, that's awesome. Like, are you kidding me? Like, send me pictures of how you use it. That's all I want. Like, I don't care about getting paid on it or anything. Like, I just want to see it because that's cool. Like, to me, that's cool, you know. Oh, it's epitome of success. Yeah. Yeah. And it's still cool. Like, I don't know if you do this at all, but it's still cool going to like a store and seeing your name in the magazine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Six years later, it's still cool to me. (laughs) It's gotten a little less. Like, it's like, oh, my name's in that magazine, whatever. But like now it's with covers. So when I shoot a cover, I want to go see it in a store. Like, that's that keeps me going. Like, that gets me motivated. (laughs) No, absolutely. I love it. Yeah. My my goal would be somehow some someday one day actually me being like on the cover or or in there yeah. red would be really neat but i don't know what that's going to yeah. take to get there but 
That's, That's not easy. You got to find the right publication. <laughs> I know. I know. Long way not saying that you're not cover worthy. I would love to put you on a cover if I could take a picture of you shooting or something, but they just don't like people on the covers of most of these magazines anymore. It's weird. I know. So. But like I did see like my girl, Gabby Franco, she made the NRA's magazine cover um, and she's incredible. So she's a better shooter for Walther, but she's not from the U.S., but she talks a lot about like how we are kind of letting down our own our own rights because like she's seen this happen in the country she's from and now she's coming here and it's it's unacceptable yep 100 um, i agree with her <laughs> so i think her her voice is really important and where i was going with that is you've been in the industry writing at least and making content longer than i have so how have you seen all of the suppression of content and all of the shadow banning of content, like how is that actually affecting God. us for educational purpose, not even political purpose. Let's talk about like, <laughs> educational. It's honestly, so like I, I'm big on social media. I do a lot of social media. Honestly, I freaking hate social media, but it's a necessary evil, unfortunately. Um, and the suppression of the firearms industry and anything educational, anything, it doesn't matter what it is. Honestly, it's insane to me. Like I tell everybody is the only industry that I know you do some marketing stuff as well. And I do as well with social media and all that with a couple different companies. And it is the only industry in the world that everyone is against us. Yep. Every, everybody wants us to fail. Yep. And it's like, how do you market something? Like it's exhausting yep. trying to market something that literally Every company that you can market through wants you to fail. Yep. I mean, it's even, it's just, it's so bad, even like with Freedom Fatigues, they have, I mean, like this, one of their new hats, it has a flag on it and this hat got denied on social media for ad content because they said it was, uh, I don't remember which one they said it was, but it was something about pretty much it was, it was pushing political beliefs or something like that it's like it literally has a flag on it like yeah, are you kidding me <laughs> yeah, shooting my shooting glasses shooting lenses got denied on like facebook um like to put it in the shop because it had a medical like aspect to it so the lenses could use your hsa to buy them or whatever or whatever okay. it is yeah but i was like hold on like shooting lenses glasses but we're yeah. doing medical advertising that's <laughs> but because it's shooting lenses shooting glasses oh my god nope. i just it's very it's, frustrating. It is. It is. It's insane. Like it's people don't understand it. I mean, even with the with the editor, with the publishers, like with what we do with the magazines, and I see a little bit more of it probably than you do because my wife literally works for Athlon Outdoors. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> she does like all the ad content and stuff like that. Um, so I probably see a little bit more of the backside of what they deal with, but like even even just trying to get a magazine into a newsstand yep there's so many companies that fight it like walmart doesn't have gun magazines in their on their newsstands anymore like right. why not what does it matter like you literally a a firearms magazine is something that is a learning tool just like yep. anything else that's on the shelf there's a gardening magazine on the shelf it's teaching somebody how to garden it's no different it's teaching somebody how to do something right or teaching somebody about a product and they just they want us to fail it's it's just scary, you know, what's, and they, they they don't like it. What's even worse is that we like when we do this type of content or put stuff out on on social media or Google, we can't advertise on Google, can't ever advertise on Facebook, Instagram. There's so many things like we can't do paid content, but 
we are a legal business. So legal FL or legal, whatever it is. Right. And we're literally trying to advertise to people safely and effectively. We're not using nicotine or doing porn against kids or whatever it looks like. It blows my mind. But even at the higher level is like banks. So we're talking about banking financial institutions are blocking people using their cards to buy a legal gun with a legal background check that's your money and you're investing these into banks that are anti-gun. I mean, there's a lot of places I don't shop anymore too, because I don't want to support that, that anti-gun they're pulling guns. I, it just, Same, yeah. it's a legal business. Can you imagine so like for people that are anti-gun? It's like, what if you try to go gardening and you're not allowed to use your credit card to buy gardening tools because they're dangerous and they yeah. don't them, and you can't get ads served to you about new products because they're sharp pointed. Like they're, yep. It's the exact same thing. So, like, people just don't get that. But it is really, really hostile against something that's a tool to save people's lives. Yep, exactly. It is crazy. I mean, even with with Pupu Nation, um, I, I, all my business side of everything, I'm an apparel company. That's what I am because then it it just makes it easier. Yeah. Because the name is Pupu Nation, I got they. I was not able to open a bank account at the bank that I've banked at forever. <laughs> Because it was under Pew Pew Nation. And I was like, what? Everything's legal. I have my LLC paperwork. Everything's right here. And they're like, yeah, they won't. Corporate won't let us open the account because it says Pew Pew Nation, even though it's just apparel, but they can look on your website and there's gun stuff on there. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm, I literally, I just pulled all my money out of their bank and went to another bank. I'm done. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. if, if that money's not good enough for you, then my other money's not good enough for you. Oh, you yeah. know, <laughs> it's like, but it's becoming a real hindrance to people to do business. And this is people's livelihoods. When you talk about PayPal pulling out, Stripe pulling out, there's so many yep. companies we can't do financial transactions with. And it's it's not even a joke anymore. It's like, yeah. how do we sell firearms? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. It's honestly, it's scary. It really is because you can see the writing on the wall and where things are going. Like the government knows they're not going to be able to ban guns. It's not yep. going to happen in the U.S., Yep. Um, because there's too much, too many of us, <laughs> like, it's just not going to happen. Yep. Um, but that you can see where they're going with it. Like there's other things that they're trying to do. It's just, you know, it's Make like, it harder. yeah, the ATF and everything, those organizations are just, I deal with them a lot more because I'm an FFL and it's like the stuff that the emails that I get from the ATF, like, are you kidding me? Like, do you guys do anything else? But firearms like there's also that alcohol tobacco portion of your <laughs> that whole at you know <laughs> those don't, aren't problems nobody's addicted to those they don't need to actually look yeah. into that yeah, they don't kill anybody. more people than guns a year you know no no but yeah. i know we've digressed on that um is there anything that you want to talk about with like concealed carry or legal stuff or political stuff while you have the platform to talk about like anybody listening right like what should we be doing taking action wise speaking up even on social media maybe even too yeah so i mean the biggest thing like i'm an advocate of is just reaching out to your i mean the only thing you can do right now is reach out to your your local uh politicians you know and it's what they're doing across the country is scary like i'm in michigan we used to be a very we were one of the best states for for gun laws and our governor now is just gone completely rogue and she's honestly she's an idiot like there's no other way to put it (laughs) but she is like turning us into like mini california and it's just it's disgusting it's sad and it's it's scary though because you see like how some of these states are we were just in texas and we were talking to kevin about the gun laws and stuff and even like just simple stuff like vehicle registration and like how 
different it is across the board in these these you know more Republican ran uh, cities and states. Like, so I mean, really, if you are a gun person, you have to be vocal. Like, you have to, you have to speak up. You have to let your your your, your elected officials know how you stand on this stuff because. In the, at the end of the day, they all work for us, and we elected them. So they're unfortunately the only the only route that we can go to get higher and try to keep our rights. Yep. I mean, obviously, there's the organization, you know, NRA and USCCA and all these different organizations, but they can only they honestly can only do so much. And yeah, there's stuff that they do that I don't like. So <laughs> no, it's frustrating for sure. Yeah. So. yeah. Contact your local representatives for sure. Hundred emails helps. I mean, there's and there's a lot of campaigns that, um, like even USCCA will put out there of like signing different, what's it called, like movements or whatever where that you can kind of get behind and at least vocalize. So yeah, a lot of it too. Like I, I tell all my friends, like you see people getting like we talked about trolls and stuff, you know, and the the negativity, and it, it's always important to not attack that negativity with more negativity. Yeah. Like you're going to get, everybody's going to call you a name because you like a Taurus and, and you don't like the, their Kimber or something. You know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> and, um, it's, it's, I, it drives me nuts when you see the people like, Oh, well, you're just an idiot. Cause you do this. Like, no, don't go to that level. Like, right. because all that stuff eventually is going to be used against us. Like it really is like the, the negativity, even on the political side, like just like, don't name call, don't, don't go into the negative aspect, ask questions. Like I'm a big, like, I want to learn about it. So like ask the question right. and then let them look like idiots because they can't answer the question. Right. <laughs> you know? right. So, right. but in the firearms world, like just don't stoop down to that level. Like somebody's yeah. somebody's attacking you with negativity, attack them with kindness. Like, cause it just looks so much better. You know, 100%. or leave it, or leave, or it. just leave it alone. Yeah, yeah. Either well, way, <laughs> someone else typically will come take care of it too for you. Usually, you yeah, yeah. And then you got to hope that that person isn't the person that's going to be all negative because yeah. it just makes us look bad. It makes us all as a community look bad. So it it's not worth it. It's not worth yeah. fighting, especially on the internet. Nothing was solved on the internet ever. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> uh, I have to talk about this before we go too. Uh, you have this really cool, sick new tattoo. Um, you put it on your story and everything and posted about it. But tell me a little bit about this, this build that you have. Yeah. So the gun's actually back here. <laughs> um, so that is a tribute gun. I mentioned my friend, Tom, who was my business partner when I started all this stuff. Uh, Tom was a veteran himself and he, he was just an all around badass. Dude was awesome. And he unfortunately lost a battle with um, one of the rarest cancers out there, which was odd. Um, he had ocular, ocular melanoma. So it was cancer on the back of your eye, pretty much. And oddly enough, that cancer doesn't spread to your brain, which you would think it would because it's right there. It spreads like all over your body. So um, he unfortunately lost the battle with cancer and he is literally the guy that got me into guns. Like he was, he, he was the one with the car PM nine. <laughs> he was the one that I, um, went and shot my first gun with. I've shot my first pistol, shot my first AR, shot my first shotgun with like, he got me a hundred percent into guns and taught me a lot of what I know now. Um, and he was probably the biggest supporter I've ever had of just what I do. Like I probably wouldn't have wrote the first article without Tom, like, dude, you're doing this. Like, I don't care what you think, like you're doing, it. like I had to have that push to get him, you know, to get that, 
the courage to do it, I guess. And he always wanted to build a badass AR. He, it was the Sharps. Um, uh, God, I'm drawing a blank on the, the lower now. Uh, It'll come to you. <laughs> yeah. But that was his, his the lower he wanted to use. Yeah. He's a huge key mod guy, which, holy cow, do I get hell for having key mod on my arm. Everybody look out. <laughs> um, but I built that gun in tribute to Tom when he passed away. And uh, there was like articles about it and stuff. It was pretty cool. And I decided I'm going with this whole like patriotic theme sleeve that um, is yeah. not finished yet, obviously. But, um, and my tattoo artist wanted to do a, he had a MP5 picked out because it is one of my favorite guns. And I was like, you know what? Like, I love MP5s, but let's do something that actually has meaning, you know? Yeah. So I threw that on my arm and the tattoo artist did an amazing job on it. <laughs> like it, the guy's, the guy's a genius. It took me forever to find somebody that could actually tattoo guns properly and yeah. make them realistic, but yeah. downsize them. Cause I'm not a huge dude. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it was fun. So I'm pretty, uh, pretty happy with it. I can't wait till the whole sleeve's done though. <laughs> it's, it, I read a lot of the comments on there where people were making fun of the key mod stuff. And, and one of the guys, I don't know who it was, but finally just said, did you even read the story of why or the meaning or, or how? Key that, yeah. So that's, that's the scuff, stuff that really does crush souls. Um, you know, it's like, even like you already said, like tourists or whatever guns out there, right? Like we all like, what we like, we all should be open to trying. We should be just happy that somebody's shooting a gun too. Like, I mean, that's a great exactly. point or whatever. Yeah. Um, and personally, I love my Taurus TX-22s. Those are fun <laughs> guns. Anyway. I honestly, like, I get so much crap for the Taurus stuff, all the new Taurus stuff. Yeah. Like, the I've done reviews. is awesome. It's awesome. That gun awesome. is so badass. I've done reviews on the GX4, the G3s, the whole line, the TX-22s. I just did yeah. the TX-22 Compact. They all run. They all are amazing. Like, we put this little Taurus out in here, but seriously. like, yes. <laughs> We didn't even mean to, but honestly, I just like, follow me on social media. You'll see. Like, I love Taurus. I get a ton of flack for it. It was just yeah. like, you saw this post. So EOTech posted this because it yep. has an EOTech optic on it. I love EOTech optics. So, um, I wasn't going to like not put a like the brand optic that's on the gun. That's the gun right there. You can right. see it's got the EOTech on it. It's the same setup. Um, and it was just hilarious. Like the flack that I got for it. And we talked about that earlier, you know, on how it was just like, like the hate in the industry and how everybody knows something about everything. And it ended up being one of EOTech's like biggest posts yep. because the comments just blew up yep. and like I had a bunch of friends that are in the industry that called me like dude I feel so bad like because I want to comment but I don't even want to deal with it I'm like don't even bother like I don't care and then I started commenting on some of them and like I saw that one that you were talking about the guy that's like dude go on his page and read the right. story you guys all understand like Tom was a huge key mod guy I'm not going to build a rifle with M-Lock that yeah. he wanted to build with key mod and honestly at the end of the day, does it hold accessories? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, who gives a crap at the end of the day? Like, if it works for the person using it, and as I say about anything, like any gun, any manufacturer, anything. It's not yours. It you don't have to live with it. Why even weigh in? It's amazing. Exactly. Yeah. But if it works, it works. Like, I always get the, the, like the high point stuff, you know? And honestly, I've had a lot of high points come through my classes, and we've had, like, you know, $1,500 timbers that I literally had a hammer break off of and the high point that was next to him in the lane next to him for a hundred bucks was running. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, 
if the thing works and it gets you, like you said, gets you into a gun and yep. gets you to be able to start shooting and protect yourself and things like that, do it. Who right. cares? We're happy. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> awesome. Well, I know we talked about it a lot here, but is there anything that we missed, didn't touch, I forgot to cover that you want to say? I don't think so. I think we covered pretty much pretty much all my stupidity, you know? <laughs> so. I mean, the, the year's not over yet. No. Um, guys, That's go true. follow Pew Pew Nation. And then do you have a website as well you want to leave people with? Uh, yes, pewpewnationusa.com. Oh, and I you get all the apparel on there, everything else. Um, and if you use the code pewpewnation, you get 15% off at Freedom Fatigues. So awesome. um, freedomfatigues.com. So check it out for sure. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Like I said, go follow Andy, go, go read some of his bylines. You know, like you said, with Outland Outdoors, I know he's got the latest cover with which magazine with all of the guns. Uh, personal defense world. That was the three gun. Yeah. I remember you talking about that because you had to do some Photoshop stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That one was, that one is, uh, it's one of my favorite covers actually. So I had okay. that cover and I just had the skill set cover, which is inside ballistic magazine. That was with, uh, the sheriff, a good friend. Right? Marcus. That was with um, uh, Marcus Mincotti, who is a army ranger, pretty much, that got shot in the face. And he's uh, actually Freedom Fatigue's model, which is pretty cool. So that's a whole other story, but... <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah. Yep. So yeah go check out, check out Andy's Bylines. And then stay tuned, y'all, for more from both of us about our epic Texas hunt. I know that's coming. Check out definitely Sightmark, Pulsar, all of those brands, because they took really good care of us. Um, and, and yeah, look forward to more Andy. Thank you again for coming on. Thank you so much. All right, guys, stay tuned and subscribe to the Red Club podcast and we'll be recording new episodes soon. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Red Club podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Follow along on social media at Red Club or 3 Gen Kenzie.